0: Welcome to the American Institute of Stress's official podcast, Finding Contentment. The goal of this podcast is to highlight new information about stress and stress management techniques. While we understand that stress is a very personalized issue and different for everyone, we hope to help you find your own way to contentment. Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back. This is your host and executive director for the American Institute of Stress. It's Will Hackman. Thank you all again for joining us today. Uh, I want to remind everybody at the time of this recording, Combat Stress Magazine, our magazine that we publish for free, free, uh, just came out. So it focuses on not only combat stress, but first responders. So if you know a vet, if you are a vet, if you have a, a family member who's a first responder or you yourself are one Make sure to go to stress.org and subscribe to our magazines. They're absolutely free. They're a lot of great information, really compelling articles. So make sure you just hit that subscribe button. Speaking of which, I'm going to do the same thing I always do. I'm going to ask you to, hey, hit that button below there if you're watching this podcast and subscribe and hit the like button. If you do that, you relieve my stress. I mean, you can have a good day just thinking about that. All right, so joining us today, we have Linda Pencala. All right, Linda has over 34 years as a licensed massage therapist in Maryland and a member of the ABMP Professional Association. But Linda tells me her greatest joy, besides being to <laughs> loving on her six grandkids, is to help others connect the dots naturally and embrace health and wellness on the road to longevity. An important topic. And as a wellness catalyst through Publix, articles and giving presentations offering aromatherapy and massages and her recent book the pause to relax ladies for a robust heart health she finds her heart's passion is to help people relax and be more intentional with lifestyle choices and she also discovered the fact that heart disease is the number one stealer of life both men and women uh but when she, she did some research and she revealed that women surpassed men uh, dying of cardiovascular disease, it, it became apparent after her own medical uh, arterial fibrillation episode that she needed to get the word out. And her message to delivered in an engaging way by drawing on her years as a jockey. And the analogies of both careers by highlighting lessons learned from horses— and clients and then she shares holistic self-care modalities to help reduce stress and find balance and of course enjoy your peace her book which i have right here the pause to relax ladies for robust heart health which of course you can find where we find everything on amazon Uh, where i buy just about everything except maybe i should buy stock in amazon anyway please welcome uh linda pancala linda thank you for being here really appreciate you joining
1: us oh it's great to be here thank you Will.
0: you know i i i ask this question a lot and because everybody's journey is different everybody's journey to find their passion and what they love to do and i know you have a lot of passion about what you do um, is a little bit different than everyone else's so I wanted to know how you got started and what you do. Uh, Your story is a little different than most. Could you tell us about that?
1: Sure. Sure. So I like to say that um, I use my hands and have used my hands for a living all my life. And it began in New York. I was born and raised in Queens village, second of five. And I started my racetrack career at Belmont after a year of being in college. And so I just went there to be a hot walker in between. And so I found my mentor on the side of the track, watching thoroughbreds train. And he said, "Uh, what do you wanna do? I said, I'll just be a hot walker. And he said, well, you look small enough to ride. I said, well, that's fine too. So I went to barn 16 and he, he was my mentor and he taught me everything I needed to do to learn how to ride racehorses, go down to the farms to break them and go to the racetrack to learn about riding a racehorse. And then I came here to Maryland in 77 to begin my career. And so from there, I ended up um, being one of the leading female writers here in Maryland. I thank God I'm still alive. And then I could talk about it. It's fairly dangerous. I got to go to 1982 to the Ladies Cup in Japan to compete with other female writers in um, all over the world. So that was fun. And then I, you know, I got married and then I became pregnant. and I realized it's a fairly dangerous way to make a living. So when you're a mama, you have to think about those things. So I was in massage therapy school when I was pregnant with my second child, Amanda. So Lance and Amanda, one was, you know, within the horses and the other one was in massage therapy land. But um, I just like to always say that it's my hands that either asked racehorses to run fast or now I help people calm down. And both of them, Will, are just nonverbal ways of communicating. That's all. It's just bringing out the best in a racehorse. Or bringing the best in a human being on my table to where they could feel their bodies, you know, at peace.
0: You know, it's funny because, uh, first of all, I I grew up in Brooklyn. I've been to Belmont plenty of times. I've lost plenty of money there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not good at picking on Maybe I should have asked you. And, And I think I read somewhere that you were also in Ocala, Florida. Yes. Well, I've been to Ocala many times. Um, it's beautiful there and I love the, uh, it's a big horse country for those of you who don't Oops. know, Ocala is, um, it sort of looks like that show Dallas, <laughs> some of their places there. And it's, and I was reading all this and I'm thinking, okay, this is a little bit different than how some people get to focus their, their passion on stress and, and getting people to be healthy and things like that. But then really I thought about it is you're right your your way of working with horses you can't tell a horse anything right. first of all yeah. they won't listen second of all right you know they they're not going to understand you so using your hands and if you can get a horse to get their stress levels down which is a big part of your job i believe right uh, you you can do it with a person probably
1: so it's about harnessing The best within the horse, you break out of the gate and you have to assess where you are, how fast you're going. And that's a great um, attribute of a super rider is to have a good clock in your head. And I mentioned that in chapter two of my book, The Pace of the Race. So um, it's important to know where you are in in the race and to just relax the horse. So your whole goal as a jockey, whether you're on a nervous filly or a a colt that comes from out of it and the distance race, you just want to relax them in the beginning to get to the crescendo of the quarter pole to say let's go let's rock and roll
0: right sometimes stress is is makes you productive so yeah. i mean before that gate opens your stress levels must be you know as high as they can go but boy it's just a good way of, of being excited and being productive let's talk about your book a little bit you mentioned uh your book uh i was looking through it i haven't read the whole thing yet i'm sorry i'm i'm getting to it um i have a a Paceholder, You can see, but I'm getting, um, getting you there. Talk, yeah, yeah, you talk about nine pillars of heart disease. Now, heart disease is a very big topic, especially at the American Institute of Stress, because it has been so connected to stress. Heart disease, eliminate cardiovascular right. problems. Can you tell us how that all works? Sure. Um,
1: first of all, before I dive into that, is eighty percent of all cardiovascular diseases preventable. That's what the doctors say and research shows. So my book is all about lifestyle choices. I'm not a doctor, but what I could see is what I've um, evolved into my learning and my reading, my researching of it's all about lifestyle. And so what happens, I think it's just a matter of chemistry. Well, it's hormones, chemistry, and that's It's that fight, flight, or freeze component of the central nervous system. And so that's two components, the um, sympathetic nervous system, the go, 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 like the accelerator going, and then resetting when you come off of that to go into the parasympathetic nervous system of rest, repair, and digest. What happens is with many people, and the pandemic highlighted that and accentuated that, is people don't have that reset is you never came back. So you have this incredible amount of cortisol, epinephrine, adrenaline coursing through your body, creating inflammation, creating all kinds of medical problems. And the spigot isn't turned off, I like Mm -hmm. to say. So I like to say it's kind of like the rusting of your pipes, if you will. And so if you don't have something to pause, to slow down, and to um just recalibrate i like to call it not necessarily self care but self regulation it's self regulate because if you're not regulating your body then someone else or something else is it's kind of simple like that
0: it's so true you know we're we're yeah. a product of our environment a lot of times both good and bad you right. know you know it's uh, one of the biggest topics also is workplace stress You know, it's, it's, that's, you know, we spend a lot of time at work. And um, if that's a stressful environment, you're right. We need to have some of those coping mechanisms, some of those self regulating tools to help us from, I don't know, that that hose exploding. And I've seen it happen. And I didn't know it was 80%. Yes. And
1: Harvard researchers, Harvard researchers are sharing that there's a strong link between, women's job stress and cardiovascular disease and the women's health study of over seventeen thousand women shows the more stress a woman has they have a 40 percent more higher risk of cardiovascular disease that's just from job stress that's not taking them home dealing with a kid or two or three or four or five whatever and dealing with home life that's just work stress
0: it's been a topic on this podcast many times. And I, we had a conversation with a, a young lady who was a doctor. And she pointed out, you know, you think about the stress of being a doctor. You have somebody's life in hands it. and it's not what you talked about. It's it, I, I was uh, very surprised that especially women doctors are um, – their stress levels are so high, they're leaving the field. So mm-hmm. I and, and she explained it to me that you you go to medical school, you go to you go to college, you get out of college, you go to post school, you go to medical school, you get out of medical school, you do your residency or internships or whatever you need to do. And then how old are you? When you really start at the exact age you want to start having a family. Right. Wow. So now their stress levels are even higher because you have to make a serious choice. Now, one of the things that you said uh, when you wrote in your book, did you want to educate and empower women to become more aware how stress and, as you said before, lifestyle choices affect their heart health? And and you speak about uh, women and also men's uh, heart attack symptoms and how they differ between Mm -hmm. the two. And you used a graphic that I saw called uh, Peebs or PEBs or P E B S. PEBs, mm-hmm. okay. Thank you. Uh, tell us about that, because that's that was very interesting. That that their the symptoms may differ.
1: Absolutely. So when I created my nine pillars of heart disease prevention as kind of like a guide for me, because I messed up, I wasn't taking care of my health, and when I got AFib, and I needed to have a moment with myself soul searching and figure out well, what went wrong because the doctor said Linda everything's fine your heart's good all the numbers are good I said well then what went wrong he said sometimes we just don't know so we created the nine pillars because we needed to have some kind of a compass mm-hmm. men and women but particularly this book's about women to show us what we need to do so the nine pillars of heart disease prevention and so from that my and my research I saw that women have totally different symptoms than men. And so I needed to show women that there's a simple acronym that we can have, PEP. So P is pain that we will present coming into a heart attack with pain, jaw pain. It could be either side of the chest pain. It could be arm pain. So it's random. It's not just an elephant on the chest pain, okay? And then the E is exhaustion. And so women, when they're, coming into a heart attack, and these are all things that you really need to remember, you're exhausted. So if women that are listening or seeing this, you know how you felt when you were pregnant. It's even more exhausting than that. Like you ran two marathons in a row and it's not normal for you. So that's the other little itty bitty component is that, gosh, I, I usually am not this tired, but this goes on and on and on for a while before it, re- your heart eventually says, I can't give you any more pumping. And then something happens. So then the B is breath. So we have a shortness of breath, a labored breath, or we feel lightheaded. So it's P E B. And then the S is sweating and nausea. So we present totally different. Now you could just have one symptom or two, or maybe all four. But when I just taught recently and I was the keynote speaker, uh, for a conference, um, this one guy said, Linda, we should do because it's pretty prick. Can I show the picture of it? Of course. Um, um, let me see. I had my little doodad there. I'll find it. Right. Said, I'll try do to include do?
0: the graphic in in YouTube. Oh, you say so you I'll, I'll try. Okay. But you can but you're welcome to okay. It.
1: Let me try to find it. so uh, he said, Linda, we should do make rocks with these. So then in my client in my client base, they could see P E B S. So I was looking at my wrong book here. I was showing looking at the Vegas nerve. Um, P E B S we could, we should put on rocks like I did here. Right. So, That's um, right, yeah. So it's important. And then men present totally different than that. So, um, but it's good because we have that acronym for a stroke and mm-hmm. most, some people know that, right? So it's important to know that men or women and women need to know, here it is pebs. So awesome. it's just, you know, four rocks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: four stones. but it's when you get a pebble in your sandal or shoe, You have to stop to take it out, right? And so when you have these symptoms, my goal is to encourage women to, once you know this, you can't unknow it, right? And so when you have this symptom, you're like, wow, I think I read about that. So stop, take out that pebble from your shoe or or address that symptom and then go to the ER. Save yourself.
0: Now, we we should mention that one symptom is not necessarily the, because I've had like three out of the four sometimes on the same day, but for different reasons. So right. it's not always that, but it's definitely something people should pay attention to. You right. know? And if they remember that that acronym PEBS, I think that's a big help. The, and the uh,
1: other component too, Will, is that women um, are very emotional. And so in my research and why I wrote the book is that we're totally different than men in that we are so emotional and our emotions go right to our heart. And if you have a lot of stress at work and at home that really 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 plays into that whole sympathetic nervous system loop if you're chronically on you know sympathetic nervous system of you know go 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 and you never turn off then that your heart is working so much harder you have higher heart rate you have a higher resting heart rate you have higher blood pressure you have everything that's higher because you never take a moment to pause
0: and you also talked about, you know, lifestyle choices. And we've, you know, I've read about that before and talked to people about that before. On this show, we've talked to everybody from chefs to to uh, personal trainers, and we talk about lifestyle choices. And uh, you mentioned a few of them. And there's a few that, look, nobody's perfect. We all have, we all make bad choices. I, I make a few and everyone else does. But It doesn't have to be your whole life, right? I mean, you can choose to do something different.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: A lot of the heart disease
1: um, is avoidable. Absolutely. It's totally preventable. And it's all lifestyle. So here are the nine pillars, if I can just mention them real quick. And these are... um... Pillar is, you know, what the foundation is of a building. And this is the foundation of our health so that we could age gracefully. So know your numbers. We all know all that stuff, you know, your... But the one thing I do want to say, besides, you know, cholesterol, HDL, all that, is your your C-reactive protein. And, and you want to know your HS C-reactive protein. And that's the high sensitivity C-reactive protein because that's an inflammatory marker. Hmm. So when you go to get your blood work, you want to be sure your doctor is asking for that. Or you say, can I please have that in it? And also your homocysteine level of um, your protein in your blood. Also assess stress. Of course, we're talking about that here. The burden of toxic relationships and negativity in your life. That negativity is really hard on our hearts, men and women. Also movement is medicine. That's really powerful. Just move. You don't have to do necessarily 10,000 steps a day. Even four is, is a happy thing. Just get out and move just 10, 15 minutes a day. Just move. And then stopping smoking, we all know that. Eat and drink, heart healthy. That's really important. And to stay hydrated and watch the alcohol. I learned a lot about the alcohol component because what I learned is that no doctor ever asked me, Linda, are you were you hydrated when you had AFib? Hmm. Do you drink enough water? No one asked me that question. They did ask about alcohol, but not hydration. So dehydration plays into heart health yeah. and into AFib. And anyone who works in the ER will tell you They have holiday hard every December between Christmas and New Year's Eve, where people drink way too much. They forget to drink water and they get AFib and they end up in the ER. That's just the norm. That's the norm for any ER. Okay, but you have to drink half your body weight in ounces in water. Okay, and a lot of people don't want to do this. Or look at the color of your urine. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to be really yellow. You want it to be really pale yellow. That's a good indicator there. And anything red, obviously, is easy. So slow down, relax is important, whether it's prayer, meditation, yin yoga, uh, anything like that, obviously, massage. And for women, gather with girlfriends. It's so important. We forget how important this is. But when we gather with girlfriends, our cortisol levels come down, our oxytocin level comes up. We laugh. We have a hoot and a holler. We're totally joy-filled. And you feel different when you're around a lot of women. You do. I was at a luncheon yesterday with Business Women's Networking, and I taught them in five minutes two breathing techniques. The one for the Navy SEALs, four-square breathing, box breathing, and I taught them my stem vin breathing. And so those are two ways that you could just be with people and do some breath work. And also regular dental cleaning is number eight. So oral health is important because what happens is this inflammation gum inflammation, or if you don't go to a dentist for cleaning regularly, that all plays in to your heart health. Absolutely. And also use nature to nurture. So go out in the greens, not screens. And there's great research on how powerful being out in nature is for your heart health, for your blood pressure, for your cortisol, just to for, to view greenery or the mountains or the ocean. So important.
0: Well, oh, I love that. Go out into the green, not screen. Oh my God! Yeah, I, I greens, may,
1: not screens, right?
0: I may have that put on like my stationary. <laughs> uh, being a a biker and, and a birder, I, I've gone and you've been in Florida. You know, it's a great great place right. if you're, yeah. you want to get out into nature. Um right. I've ridden through the Everglades and through Ocala Forest, and you know, yeah, both of those places. So, boy, that's a that's a great advice. And you mentioned about breathing, and I know you're a big believer in, in breath work. And uh, in one of your articles, you wrote about tips for daily living. And you said that the breathing technique you you just mentioned four square breathing is really good. Tell us about that. Tell, I am also a big believer in learning breath work. And I'll tell you why for two reasons. One, it's free. i mean i go to i just recently started going back to the gym but which is great at my age it's different goals but it's really really made me feel better so but breathing is is free but number two and the most important thing is it's always with you
1: no equipment always with you
0: you can do it nobody could notice so tell us about a little bit about four square breathing
1: so box breathing or four square breathing is taught to the navy seals And it's taught to them in their training because they want to allow them to have focus, calm, concentration, and to have their nerves not be frayed because they're in incredibly intense situations, right? Not unlike a lot of stress that many, many, many millions of people are right now, right? Mm. Well, So what they teach them is you inhale for four, you pause for four. You exhale for four, and then you pause for four. It's so simple. You could do it while you're sitting on a Zoom. You could do a cooking. You could do it driving. You could do it wherever you are. That's very simple. So do you want to try it right now?
0: Please. I, I,
1: okay. So I like I to ask people. I'm feeling
0: ni- nice and relaxed talking to you, but yeah, let's okay. do it. Okay, <laughs> all
1: right. Well, you can feel more relaxed. So sure. un- uncross your legs. I always say this to people. If you're home, sitting here, listening, watching, uncross your legs, sit up straight, And I'll do the counting, you do the breathing. Okay, Okay, so you want to inhale for the count of four, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, pause, two, three, four. And that's basically all it is. It's very simple. But if I could share... It's it, it, But if you sat there and did it longer, we might not have time to do it three, right. four, five times. But the really big kahuna of breathing, can I show you my stem vin breathing technique? Yeah. This is phenomenal. So I take my glass off because I want you to just understand the vagus nerve and the greatest book for your health besides my book is Activate Your Vagus Nerve. And I took a vagus nerve summit in 2020 when I was locked in the house and I learned a lot. And so- The vagus nerve is the longest nerve in the body that starts deep in the abdominal cavity, comes all the way through the body, carotid artery through the voice box to the brain and ends here at the ears. And that's an important component. You could really help calm yourself down by massaging your ears. But this particular breathing technique that I call stim ven, stimulate your vagus nerve, begins like this. So you put your right hand on your belly and your left hand on your heart, just to remind yourself you're going to breathe into your belly first. Then lift up your lungs. Then on the exhale, you go, ah, or you could go, mm. Now the the humming it out allows your vagus nerve that goes through the voice box to become energized, to come back online, if you will. Because what happens to cortisol and the sympathetic nervous system loop is it kind of like a bully on the playground. It squashes down your, your parasympathetic nervous system. So it comes offline. And so what we have to do is constantly be bringing back online your parasympathetic nervous system through the vagus nerve. So let's do that just once or twice. So it's it's hard to concentrate on, but you want to breathe in through your nose, into your belly, then your lungs, and exhale. Ah. Now the next one, I want you to exhale Humming it out. So inhale into the belly and the lungs and just hum it out. Now, tonight, to help you sleep is you access your vagus nerve, laying on your pillow, face up. You're like this and you do that breathing technique five to ten times. It's your finger in your ear or behind your ear. And this allows you to come from to 12th floor, all the way down to the basement, just in a few minutes. And you just put your fingers in your ear, one finger in your ear, and you do that breathing technique. The first time I did this years ago, well, had my fingers in my client's ear face up. And I, we did it about five times. And I said, so how do you feel? He goes, Linda, I feel like I'm stoned. I was like, really? I was like, serious? He goes, absolutely. I feel so calm and so relaxed. And what I tell people now is there's such a visceral shift yeah. in your entire body. Sometimes I lay there when I do it, I, I almost can't move. Like if someone said fire, I don't know if I want to get up. I am so relaxed. So, you know, instead of a pill, instead of, I call this my Valium, instead of Valium, it's B for breath. It's always with you, like you said. And this is so simple. And you could teach children how to do this too.
0: You know? I, and, you know, the, the the whole thing about rubbing your ear and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that there's a whole um, side of acupuncture called auricular therapy that uh-huh. focuses on points in your ear, and they absolutely work. It helped many people make uh, um, big improvements in their life, including quitting smoking. So, yes, oh, it, it does work. And, and it's a very, like you said, simple thing. I, I think that's a a wonderful way to to sort of bring this conversation to an end. We can we can we could go over those nine points we go for on for hours. I know we can. It's <laughs> it's really interesting. And you know it's very applicable uh because the it, all the things that you mentioned, I get asked about sleeping, workplace stress, breath work, all those things are, are things we could learn to take care of and um, maybe do some lifestyle changes and just make our life better
1: absolutely going back
0: and exercising cutting out some of the sugar in my life just those simple things you know one thing i do want to say you you mentioned and i want i do want to interrupt you about the alcohol thing right when you drink alcohol it dehydrates you right and if you don't think it does rub some rubbing alcohol on your hand and blow on it and see it evaporate well that goes on inside you i oh i don't drink very much my wife and daughter call me a lightweight Even the little bit I drink, two glasses of wine at dinner, I know that, you know, yes, it can be relaxing, and yes, some people use it as a stress reliever. Great, if it works, just don't forget to take care of yourself.
1: Absolutely, hydrations, and also caffeine dehydrates you as well. But the other component of alcohol is it doesn't help you sleep, I'm just saying at well, all it wears it's the up, worst you wake thing up. you <laughs> could do for sleep absolutely it makes you, you might pass out from the alcohol. Right. But then you eventually wake up and you're laying there and wondering ah. why am i awake because you drank right. way too much alcohol <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right so i'm going to ask you one question before we go what is your personal thing to do for stress relief in the moment feeling stressed what do you do
1: breathe intentional breathing it's always with me I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to ask anyone, no matter where I am. Inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth, and let the breath exhale be long so that you're bringing down your heart rate. You have the sense of calm.
0: Folks, that's the simplest answer, and sometimes the simplest is the best answer. People have been doing it for about 10,000 years. (laughs) I think we can learn a little bit from uh, people who have used breath work in uh their life and saying ohm and whatever and, and humming. Linda I wanted to thank you very much for joining us today. Please look for her book. Um it's on I say like everything else on Amazon. The pause uh right there to relax ladies for robust health heart and this It's been great. We learned a lot from you. Thank you for all you're doing to bring awareness to. Well,
1: I want to thank you and AIS for all that you do. I have quoted Dr. Paul Roche, you know, the founder and for years and years and years. And I I mentioned you guys as a nonprofit and to go look check out your contentment magazine. So I tell people about you guys all the time. But thank you for all you do to help people stress.
0: We appreciate that. We appreciate that. And. I want to remind everyone um, and to go to stress.org. You can subscribe to those magazines absolutely free. Uh, and there's many things we have at stress.org for free, including free courses. So go there and remember your support helps us make these podcasts and everything else that we do. So uh, consider joining or donating. And I want to remind everyone, just as stress is different, for each of us there is no one stress reduction or management strategy that is right for everyone so uh and that means you need to join us next time to find out and explore more stress management strategies and insights so remember to visit us again at stress.org and i hope the information that you got from linda and myself today will help you find contentment. good day everyone
1: thank you